dolphins and jags. What a drag! Welcome, football fans, to episode 55 of the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Casey, how was your week, buddy? Can we just have one nice thing? That's all I ask. No. I just want one nice thing. Um, You know, we're both on a high. Our teams are doing well. And it just, shit just hits the fan Thursday night. And I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say. It's just, I just want nice things, Baxter. Too fucking bad. And I also want you to lower my volume on your headphones because I can literally hear myself through your headphones onto your mic. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way that's true. <laughs> that's impossible. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was pretty bad. I mean, good in, in the fact that like every all the texts that are coming back for Tua <laughs> have showed that he is um, okay. There's yep. no like visible damage. Uh, but... You know, now because of the way it happened, we're gonna hold him out for longer because of the perception in the national media. Uh, we're recording this before the results come out from the uh, investigation. That should be probably tomorrow, which is Thursday, and we'll see what sh- you know what other nonsense we have to deal with after those results come out. Sorry, if How's I was cop- I saw it. I'm sorry if I cough a whole bunch during this episode. I'm getting over a uh, sore throat. Um, you know, my week was good. And then today uh, we learned some news, some very sad news. Um, the one, the only Blake Bortles uh, retired from, from the National Football League today. It's a sad day for, for Jags fans all over. So today, in honor of Blake Bortles, this is what we're doing, Casey. This is what we're doing. Oh, oh God. <laughs> he is very slowly <laughs> putting on a Blake Bortles jersey. We're wearing the Bortles jersey for the episode. Let's go. <laughs> What's will, it up? Be the la- will it be the last time you ever wear that jersey? Probably. <laughs> Laura's like, what should we do with it? Should we get, try to get him to sign it? I was like, no. Yeah. Send Why? it to Canton. Send it to Canton. They got to put it in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He did something that probably deserves it, right? Hall of Famer, Blake Bortles. Debatable. <laughs> What'd you drink it, buddy? It's one of those uh, Blue Point, but this time it's Key Lime. Ooh. Ugh. None of them are good. <laughs> Stare none, none of the None of the Blue Point ones are, are good. I it's, regret it. Because here's the problem, Baxter. I drink one, one beer a week uh-huh. on this spot. <laughs> it's going to take me 12 weeks to get through this 12-pack. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so it's, it's just a you lot of You don't drink this. a beer during, during the football games on Sunday? Typically, no. Huh. Not unless there's people over. I'm not a solo drinker. Hmm. Not a true alcoholic. <laughs> oh, well, let me take that back. I, I do like... I do solo drink uh, whiskey and bourbon at night. Mm, the brown not, water. Not, not during the day. I am drinking uh, Danger Beach. 
IPA. The other okay. one that's up for uh Oh yes. Not as vote. good as the other one. Not as good. All right. Shall we get into this? We shall. All right. Eagles wash out Jags 29-21. After the Jags jumped up to a 14-point lead in the first quarter, the Eagles returned to life, scoring 29 unanswered points off of a historically bad day for Trevor, an incredibly rainy affair. Um, man, it's, it's a tough game. It's hard to take too much out of it, but also one team was able to be very successful while the other team uh, was not uh, a lot of fumbles um, a lot of being unable to get anything going consistently on offense I, and it's not even so much that there's not much to take out of it because of the rain even though you, know, you had two unforced fumbles that were recovered and two that you know you could call forced fumbles um, but it's like People have been talking about how few carries James Robinson had. Well, when you have so few plays in a game, I think they had, you know, uh, uh, like around 40. Um, eight, eight carries is not much, but it's hard when your drives are starting and stopping with so much frequency because you're fumbling the ball. Um so there really was n- nothing good on offense, and I don't really know how m- much you can take from it. Defensively, um, man, not great. Um, <laughs> very bad against the run. I know that the Eagles are a different kind of run team where you kind of have to respect both the quarterback and the running back, and they did a decent job on – uh, the pass game on Devonta Smith and uh, held A.J. Brown under 100 yards. But they were able to kind of run all over them. And it was just – it was kind of an ugly affair. And it's unfair to the Eagles to say you can't take anything out of that game because of the the weather. Um, the more and more stuff has been coming out that, you know, even the wind was causing a lot of problems. But uh, – the Eagles were able to overcome it, make adjustments, and win the football game, and the Jags were not, even though they went up 14 points. Yeah, I um, – okay. So let, going back to the offense, I didn't really understand the game plan. There seemed to be an abandonment of uh, the run, especially with J-Rob, mm-hmm. and I, I just didn't understand that from a weather perspective. Yeah. Uh, it's not like he was not doing well. Um, it kind of just, just kind of went by the wayside. And I, you know, I understand that they lost Slay early on, and your passing game was doing fine. But um, except it wasn't because, you know, uh, Trevor just couldn't grip the ball, mm-hmm. uh, and it resulted in multiple fumbles and and drops uh, and drops and yeah and you know and. I, it could have, you know, been the cause of some of the incompletions. It, 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 it does a number of things, and when you have such a strong run game with two different backs, it it is frustrating not to see that being used a little bit more there, um, because you weren't. Well, I I mean, we can just talk about. I mean, when you're up, uh, you're up one score right after they scored a touchdown, and you go three and out, but you go three and out with multiple pass plays mm-hmm. 
like what are you doing you know what yeah. i mean like uh that's just that's just not smart to me especially when that's like the perfect time where you don't want to go three and out uh I, I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't care for that. On defense, yeah, big concerns in the run defense there um, because they were just running all over you, and you also had problems, huge problems with screens um, and option-type plays. You just could not figure it out. Um, it was just too, I guess, complex of an offense for you guys to uh, really defend against. Sure, and one of the things that I do feel uh, – not necessarily positive, but not taking a huge negative. Like you didn't necessarily agree with me when we were talking about this, but I definitely feel like, especially after this game, that Philadelphia is one of the most complete teams, one of the best teams in the league, at least the best team in the NFC right now. And that's not a team that you're going to have to be going up against every week. Like, yes, Jalen Hurts and that offensive line, were a problem for the Jags, but luckily for the Jags, you don't have to game plan for Jalen Hurts and that offensive line uh, again until maybe if you if you were to meet them in the Super Bowl somehow. But there's not a lot of players and teams that are built as well as the Eagles are currently. Yeah, I, the, I was resistant to the point that they are hands down the best team in the NFL. I do not believe that best team in the NFC. I can I can hop on that ship. Um, I think that's where they're at right now. Uh, I think if they matched up against the Bills, against the Ravens, um, against the Chiefs, they would not handle it as well. I just don't think that they have really been tested per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you. You know, they they are obviously a top team right now in all the metrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had a quarterback who lost four fumbles, which has never happened. It hasn't um, happened this century. I mean, it's definitely happened, but it hasn't happened in, in the 21st century. So, um, you know, I, I think that a lot of luck went their direction. Yeah. Uh, not to mention they scored on all four of those turnovers. Just super unlikely stuff. Things that you mm-hmm. don't see that often. And um, and you still you only lost, lost by, one by score. a score. Yeah. And, so, and, you, and you're in Philly. And it, the, the, mm-hmm. the weather was terrible. And it's not like the, the they were like great plays by Eagles defenders or terrible throws by Trevor. It was like ball is slipping out of my hands multiple times. Yeah. Um, only really the last turnover with the sack was it an actual uh, good play. Everything else was fumbles on the snaps, fumbles while running. No one's even near you. You're just, you just yeah. let it slip out of your hands. It's just yeah. like things that you just, and he fumbled it five times and lost four. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely, and, um, and J. Rob fumbled as well, and in, in the game, and it was recovered by Kirk. Like there, it again. I I didn't. I don't want to be like, oh, it's the weather. We can just kind of throw this game out because I do feel like the Eagles deserve credit for what they were able to do in that weather, and and were able to pull that game out. Um, and like you said, I I do have some concern over the game plan adjustments against a good team like you know they go up a whole bunch of points against you know a a badly injured chargers team or the colts and they don't really have to like necessarily lean on on their run game to to just kind of salt the game away because it's over anyways um 
but that's definitely was was one of the issues that I took with it. That next drive when you're up, you know, 14, and then they score, you should you should be leaning on the run game, especially in that weather. The the Eagles seemed to transition better to a run heavy scheme when the weather was getting poor and the Jags did not, even though they were winning. And it right. was kind of wild. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's not much else to say, yeah. but uh, yeah, Let's move on. It, it, it was fine. <laughs> Bengals knock out Dolphins 27-15. An exhaust, exhausted Dolphins team took on the Bengals and with Tua getting concussed, gave the Dolphins very little hope in this matchup. What you got, Casey? I mean, the only real thing you could take away from it is the Tua injury. Um, just a just a complex situation that has been uh, spoken about numerous times, probably beat to mm-hmm. death at this point. Uh, you know, we still don't really know what has what happened, <laughs> and we may never know um, mm-hmm. what happened in the Bills halftime and what happened, um, you know, from then on. I, it is just so frustrating because. Like the situation we're in, we were in where we're three and zero, and we get that injury. You know, it's like, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of the. You play Sunday, then you play Thursday, th- thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you the NFL can make it to where all Thursday games, the team the week before they have buys. I mean, it's it's not that hard. You just don't have it, you know, week two or week three, and then you have it from then on. But, I mean, it's just – it's so frustrating that now we have to, you know – I know what's going to happen on Sunday. It's going to be – I'm just looking forward to myself being frustrated the whole game because it's a game that we should easily win. But now it's Teddy Bridgewater, so it's going to be a competitive game. Uh, Or it is at least more likely to be competitive. And that's the case for every game that two is going to be out on. Um, and, you know, it's not only for the team, but for Tua himself, who's having such a great year, mm. to have this come up, um, it, it it just really, you know, really sucks because he's doing so well. Um, it's also tough because that's one of the things that we talked about. It's the thing, one of the things that we wanted to see. Obviously, concussions are such a hard injury to be able to predict, but... You know, we wanted to see Tua not be out for an extended period of time with an injury as he's been every year that he's been in the pros. And it's just, this is this is part of the concern with Tua for me, right? Like, it's just, you got to be able to stay on the field. Yeah, but I, I don't even know if he would have missed this Sunday if it weren't for everything that sure. happened. Uh, because he's, I mean, all the tests came back and he was fine. You know, and it, it doesn't seem like he has any symptoms. Uh, so I, I don't really understand what's happening there. But it's it seems to be that it's just the national media, you know, attention on, on this issue where if you put it back in, you're going to be roasted forever. Yeah. And, and we'll see what the, what the results of the investigation turn up. But with the independent neurologist being fired already, uh, you have to believe that he had a concussion. Sure. This, you know, during the Bills game. 
Yeah, that and I mean they didn't they didn't they haven't come out and said that, right? They said he was very hostile in their meeting. No, and they said he made, he made mistakes, mistakes right, yeah. during the investigation, which means that he had he, that probably means he's probably going he had, through the motions and not really doing his job all that well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. um I mean we all saw him. I mean I don't know. Uh, when your back locks up, I mean <laughs> If you have a back injury, does it lock up like the way it locked up where your your legs are scissoring like that? I mean, I just haven't seen that before in a back injury. Um, I, now, I did hear this week, I did hear uh, an ex-Jag say that his back has done that and it did make him fall to his to his knees um, and, and spasm in his legs. So I, it's possible, right? But like... There's all the other stuff. There's the shaking of the head that he clearly was, you know, trying to knock some cobwebs out uh, of his head before he, you know, does does the leg thing, which at this point, you know, the NFL's already talked about that they're going to change some stuff and anything that looks like that, that's, you're going to be out. And then this week, how many players did we see leave with... I mean, you can't say minor concussion, but leave with some concussion-like symptoms where they probably would have been back in the game because they probably were okay not not play anymore. They're out. Yeah, okay. I got a lot of points here. One is, okay, so the the injury, right? So the injury on Sunday against the Bills, uh, you know, his head hit the turf. We saw it. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't even look like yeah, no, he I, hurt his back. So it just, I mean, it, just the way that is, it just seems like it, it, it was a head injury. I am or agreeing. It, it's it, just, it it's possible it. that your back can cause your legs to do and that. I, I, yeah, and that's fine. I, but we saw his head hit the ground, yeah. and then he was a scissoring. Now, the fucking stance that all these NFL head coaches are taking, um, and I'm mostly talking about Bill Belichick and um, John Harbaugh, like, fuck you. Like, you're saying there is definite proof that you have in your career multiple times sent a guy out there that definitely had a concussion. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco definitely had a concussion when Kiko Alonso knocked the shit out of him. And you sent them back out there, you know, the next week. Bill Belichick, fucking Rob Gronkowski said that he has blacked out multiple times on the field. Yeah. So... Don't get on your high horse and say, I would have never let him out there. I mean, that's just absolute bullshit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can fault Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins all you want, but it appears that the neurologist that's independent cleared him. Yeah. And, and that's the person that should every, be erring on the side of caution. Every time that's happened in the NFL before this past week, that meant he's fine. He can go back on the field. Sure. A head coach has not come back in and said, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, so that, that, that part is bullshit. And that's frustrating to watch because it, it kind of diminishes in making this, oh, this is a one. It, by saying that, you are making it seem like the Dolphins, what they did, what Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins did is a one-off. It never happens around the league. All these other head coaches are much more responsible. And would take him out if he had such a concussion. It, even if the independent neurologist cleared him. Because that makes it seem like it's a one-off until you're not going to address the issue, which is they are getting concussions all the time. Mm-hmm. And when they get their second one, it could be devastating to the neurological condition, CTE, i.e. Antonio Brown. If you see these guys get multiple concussions, it, I mean, it just has devastating effects for their lifetime. And that's the issue that should be at the forefront. There should be huge changes to the concussion protocol. But by saying that, oh, well, you know, I, I mean, as a head coach, I would never do that. You're actually diminishing that from happening. You're actually hurting 
the cause, which is player safety. Yeah. Uh, well said. So back to the, back to the game at hand, the Thursday night game against the Bengals. Any concern about some, some tackling issues, especially in the secondary? Uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, they have just one of the most elite wide receiver group. Yeah. Um, some tired in, players in the league. And like I had said, I know I, I even said, you know, bet the Bengals because it, that the Sunday before it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw the, the bills come out super slow. Um, because of the same thing. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't think um, I would put too much stock into that. Sure. I think they performed fine based on the situation. Um, you know, I, we were in Cincinnati and the Cincinnati Bengals really needed the win. And again, we were driving down the field to tie and or um, take the lead before Teddy throw threw a pick that actually wasn't a pick on replay. I don't know what happened there. Anyway, um, but you know, it was just one of those things where I mean, it didn't really. I just I, I cared less and less about the outcome of the game. All I was looking for were two updates. Yeah. All right, ready to move on. Um. Yes. All right. Here we go. Week five preview: Texans at Jaguars. Uh, one o'clock kick. Jags are seven point. Seven point favorite. Holy cow. What world do we live in where the Jags are a seven point favorite? Uh, my key offensive matchup Jags rushing attack, uh, which is 20th currently, versus Houston's run D, which is 31st. Um, yeah. First and foremost, uh, you look at that. Houston's one of the worst teams at defending the run. That's got to show up on film. That's got to be something that this team which you and I have said repeatedly last year, this year, they should be a team that's based on running running the football. That should be their first and foremost thing. They've got James Robinson, who's one of the best running backs in the league. They've got Travis Etienne, who's a, who's a home run hitter kind of running back who just needs a couple more touches. And their whole offense should be kind of centered around what they can do in the run game. So I'm looking for a big bounce back game from James Robinson. I'm um, looking for, you know, somewhere uh, like we were talking about again, around 15-ish carries for him and just kind of take over the game in the run game and and, and just run Houston out, out of the stadium. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I definitely want to see that. I do think – I think it, it will be – I mean, I really think that Jags are going to put a lot of points up. Yes. Um, I, I, I think we are going to see both. Trevor uh, throwing it a lot um, just as a matter of, I think Doug Peterson will say, hey, you know, let's get your confidence back. Sure. It, the, the weather will be much better. Um, you know, I would love to experience the weather at that stadium, uh, let's say, on, on such a Sunday. Um, but... <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Casey and I are no longer going to that game, by the way. <clears throat> I've been scheduled to work. It's devastating. Um, but, um, you know, I, I do think that there will be a heavy dose of Trevor as well in this game, sure. but with that being said, there should be an extremely heavy dose of your run game. Yeah. Run, run uh, to set up the pass. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, you know, I, I do want to see a lot more J Rob and Travis Etienne. This is a game that you should win. This is a game that you need to win because it is a divisional game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, you know, you, at this point, with the mess that the AFC South is, you have to be thinking that you have a shot at the division. 
So you yeah, gotta win. Sure. You gotta win these games. Divisional opponent at home. You've got to win it, and you got to bounce back after the performance last week, which I think is possible because again, it was, you know, a lot of a little fluky, and I, I think it's 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 a good situation. Um, it's nice that they put the Texans after the Eagles for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, up next, I'm gonna kind of fly through this game because I feel like it's kind of. They should definitely win this this game. So, key defensive matchup. It's the exact opposite. Jags run D, which is still currently fifth, versus Houston's rushing attack, which is 22nd. Um, Damon Pierce is the best player for the Houston Texans. I don't think that there's very much debate or discussion that we can have on that topic. I think he's very clearly the best player that they have on that entire team. Maybe Derek Stingley, their new corner. Um, but... You stop Damon Pierce, you pretty much stop the Houston Texans offense. Uh, yeah, you got to agree with that. Um, you know, the Chargers really let the Texans back into the game last week. Uh, and part of that was a 75-yard run by Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you can't allow those things to happen. If you do get a lead here, you can't allow the big play. Uh, that makes, makes the game competitive again. Uh, so, yeah, definitely stop the run because Davis Mills does not look great. Uh, yeah. I did see a couple clips from him passing, and they were bad. I, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> they're going to be looking for a quarterback after the end of this year. Yeah. Um, and so that's what you need to do: force them to throw it. Same and thing that you did with the Colts, and same thing that you've done, yep. you know, with other teams. And there's definitely a little bit of a concern on that because Foley uh, Fadakasi is still injured; he might be out for this game. Um, when he went out last week against the Eagles, it was very clear how important he was to stopping the run. So if he's out, you're going to have to see those other guys step up um, around that um, nose tackle position, which will be manned by Adam Gatsis if Foley Fadakasi can't go. Uh, all right, pick them. Jags win uh, 31-8. to eight. Dang it. Uh, Jags win 32 to 14 <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah all right uh dolphins uh at jets one o'clock kick dolphins are a three-point favorite on the road yeah so you know um they already said two is out this is teddy bridgewater's offense uh so you know godspeed <laughs> um he did have that one incredible throw to tyreek uh, but we couldn't get much going with him. I am hoping that we can scheme some offense in, in this game. Uh, our receivers are fourth in the league. Our coverage, I mean, their coverage, their tackling is, well, their coverage is like 14th, but their tackling is bottom five in the league. Mm. Get Tyreek, get Jalen Waddle, get Mostert, get Edmonds the ball in open space yeah, and see what happens quickly screens, you know, things like that. Um, I, you know, that, that that's what I want to see. And exactly quickly, uh, average depth of the target below seven. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's what the game plan should be. Yeah. Um, our run game has been great. It, it's like, it's just missing one thing. Um, that might be a good tight end blocker. Uh, I don't know if Hunter long is coming back for this game, but it just, uh, you know, I would like to see a lot more of that, but um, if it's if it, if the otherwise, if we need some yards, 
get the ball into our playmakers' hands and let them do work in open space. Yeah, I would like to see some screens. I'd like to see that kind of stuff out of the Dolphins this week. You're not really going to be looking to necessarily push the ball downfield. Sauce Gardner's been very good in coverage, and their other corner, whose name escapes me currently, is also, you know, I think he's one of the highest-graded um, corners and man right now. Um, I cannot remember what his name is, but I, I do believe that he, he's pretty high up. But, yeah, you definitely don't need to be trying to push the ball deep down the field to be able to beat this uh, Jets team. I would agree with you on that wholeheartedly. DJ Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, on defense, it is our run defense, which is numero uno. Hell yeah. Um, and their run, which is, you know, again, about 19th. But I think important to that is that, you know, Brees Hall is starting to come out of the shell a little bit. Mm-hmm. He, he was looking pretty good last week. Um, we know what Michael Carter is. If we can eliminate that threat and leave the ball in Zach Wilson's hands, you know, let him try to do stuff that makes him do the gritty again. Because I think that's what we want is Zach Wilson throwing the ball. Yeah. Um, with our pass rush, uh, that's how we had a success against the Jets last year. And uh, we need to continue that. Uh, this week as well. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I'm wearing the Blake Bortles jersey. I do remember there was a game, I believe it was against the Ravens, in which the Ravens employed a a goal line defense the entire game to stop Leonard Fournette, and it was one of the worst outings for the Jags offense. He doesn't necessarily remind me of, of Blake. He definitely is a better thrower of the ball, Zach Wilson. But it's definitely a guy you want the ball in his hands. You want him throwing the ball because he is uh, prone to mistakes, prone to throwing off platform and and doing funky stuff that he's just not necessarily uh, the most well-equipped guy for. And your defense can definitely get their hands on some balls. I mean, to me, this this game is a must win yeah. because again, divisional opponent and we uh, coming off a loss, you know, we have extra time to prepare, but mostly, you know, we don't know how long two is out. So we have to win these types of games against these, you know, still bottom 10 team in the league, uh, you know, and we're talking about a stretch here where there are a lot of bad quarterbacks that we're going to face yeah. after facing some good ones. Um, our defense has given up a lot of yards and points, but it has shut it down when it's mattered most. But it has not had, you know, the typical Dolphins defense, multiple, you know, uh, turnovers and defensive touchdowns type of game. And that can definitely happen with Zach Wilson slinging it. Sure. So it would be nice to see that and relieve some of the pressure on Teddy Bridgewater and myself. Um, who are equally pressured in, in this Sunday. <laughs> um, and uh, I get you that Tibetan singing bowl. Yeah. Uh, because, to, you know, again, to me, this season can fall apart pretty quickly if we go on a little bit of a, lo- a losing streak here due to the injury of yeah. Tua. And, and by the time he comes back, you know, who knows? So I, I just think if we can get a win here, it would just make me feel better about our situation for the season had such high hopes after beating the gauntlets of the AFC and the Ravens and Bills, you know, doing well against the Bengals and then the injury happens. 
So I think that, again, this is a must win, just like yours was a must win. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that we can walk away with a victory and hopefully no more injuries. Give me that pick em. I'm going to go Dolphins 21, Jets 10. Dolphins 24, Dolphin, or Dolphins 24, Jets 14. What did I say? This is, this is insanity <laughs> right now. Who even cares? All right. Time for our game. We're coming back with the NFL Superstar Club. Same thing we did last year. Uh, club is at max capacity. If you want a guy to enter the club, someone has to be bounced. Both of us have to agree. You ready to get started? Yeah, let's hit it. I'm gonna hit you. I think with what I would what I would call my easiest one. You might not agree with the guy I'm gonna pull out of the club, um, but I am putting Jamar Chase into the Superstar Club, okay. and I am removing DeAndre Hopkins from the Superstar Club. Okay. Uh, uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins is you know coming up on the end of his career. I think when he comes back, I think uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, has already carved himself out a pretty good role. I don't have much of a concern that he's going to lose a whole bunch of targets. I think he's kind of clearly going to be a guy who's going to be a big focal point of that offense, which is going to cut into DeAndre Hopkins. Um, And I think Jamar Chase is, you know... uh, Probably should have been put in the Superstar Club last year, but I went back and I listened to that uh, Superstar Club uh, game, by the way, because I want because uh, there was a player who I was unsure about whether or not we put him in there. Can um, you remind me? Who, that's a, I'm I'm so glad you did this. I wish you had told me before. I only I only listened to to one player because it was the very first player and it was the only okay. one I needed. I needed okay. to know whether or not I put Michael Parsons in the Superstar Club last year, which we did indeed. Um, but. Uh, Jamar Chase, I said I don't do rookies, so I didn't put Jamar Chase in, but we're putting Jamar Chase in the Superstar Club this year. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, you know, I, I watched Jamar Chase this past Thursday, um, and he is good. Uh, therefore, he should go in the Superstar Club. He's going to be an elite receiver for years to come. Yeah. Um, uh, Hopkins is at the tail end of his career. Is missing a lot of games because of you know some some of that steroid, uh, and so I think that um, you know he. We talked about this a couple of years ago with Julio Jones, where I was like, once a receiver hits a certain age, I don't remember if it was thirty one or thirty two, it's a huge descent. Um, it's almost like thirty five year old tight ends. Yeah, sure, <laughs> uh, but uh, right, and uh, so I think that. You know, we're, we're there with Hopkins, and the steroids does not help um, sure. with that descent. All right, DeAndre, um, you uh, don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Um, let's just go in a similar vein, and I'm going to put in our St. Brown and remove Julio Jones. So I do now remember... Uh-oh. That <laughs> don't say we it. took no 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 we took okay. out um I took out Ben Roethlisberger last year for Herbert okay and you told me he's too old he wasn't even in the Superstar Club anymore 
and I feel like that's probably we're in this the same place um, with Julio. I think it's probably been a couple of years. He, if he's still in the club, he's definitely been lurking in the back. Um, but yeah, I man, I like me some Amon Ross St. Brown. I enjoyed him on the uh, Hard Knocks. He's an interesting guy. He takes where he was drafted very personally. Uh, he knows every receiver that was drafted before him. He's got uh, he's got some personality. He's definitely a good fit for the superstar club, and uh, I would agree with you. If Julio is still in the superstar club, he definitely uh, is no longer. Yeah, he's just been battling too many injuries these past couple of years, and I think Amon Amon Ross St. Brown has shown that he uh, is you know, an elite receiver and that chip on the shoulder sometimes can just be a hell mm. of a thing. I, I did enjoy, uh, from hard knocks, the, uh, the St. Brown, they were actually just the Browns and their dad, um, decided that he wanted their name to be a little bit more special. So he added that the saint to the front of it. All right. You're next. Yeah, you got it. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I was coughing a little bit. All right. So last year, the other player that I was deciding between them. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> I took Saquon out and we put in, um, we put in Jonathan Taylor. Sure. And uh, the Saquon thing was, you know, injuries and just kind of that lack of productivity from that year. And the other player that we were choosing between was James Robinson. So this year, even though he's kind of a quiet guy, he's kind of subdued, subdued, I do wholeheartedly believe that James Robinson is a superstar running back in this league, and I would like to bring to you Alvin Kamara as the player who will be leaving the superstar club. Pondering. Pondering. Yep, I understand. I think I'm fine with adding J-Rob. Uh, that run against the Chargers, the 50-yard run, you know, that type of game break, not to mention how powerful he is in between the tackles, is something um, elite in running backs. He's still young and uh, just has not been used well, uh, especially last year. Mm. Uh, I'm hoping the Eagles game was a fluke and that he'll be used well again as the season goes on. Right. Having more of an issue with Alvin Kamara because I think it is just the fact that, um, I mean, Jameis, he just has not been good with Jameis Winston. Um, yeah, I mean, that is part of my problem, though, is that he hasn't been good for two years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he was. I don't re- actually. He was okay. Re- yeah, I don't really. He wasn't Alvin him. Kamara. You're right. You're right. He wasn't as good last year. But it's not like Drew Brees was like, throwing dimes to him or anything like that. It was the style of offense where Winston likes to throw it 50 yards down the field. Um, and, you know, Kamara, not so much to the, the running back um, in the flat when, when the pressure's on. So I it's hard to hold it against Kamara how bad um, his quarterback is at using the talent that he has around him. Uh, and 
he has also been battling injuries, though, and I know he had injuries last year as well. Mm-hmm. How, old is, how old is Kamara? I was actually literally about to look it up as you were saying that because that is also another level of concern for him is, is eight. he's 27. Wow, so shocking. Um, you know, that is getting up there in running back years. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that being said, um, you know, he's got some anger issues. He needs, he needs to take a seat on the bench. I don't know if you have, uh, if you recall, but he uh, beat the la- living daylights out of a man in Las Vegas. I recall. <laughs> and uh, I am an Alvin Kamara be, owner. He will probably be suspended next year for four games or so. And um, once the result of that case goes through, and so you know he he probably shouldn't be in the superstar club as a uh, <laughs> um, violent individual. Yeah, okay. and as an Alvin Kamara owner, it this breaks my heart. Uh, but also, I'm a James Robinson owner, so it doesn't hurt <laughs> quite as much. All right, give me your next one. Javon Holland in Honey Badger out. Yeah. I know. Real original. I know. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I told you. I, I texted you and I asked you if you wanted Holland. Um, man, he's so, so good. Always around the ball. So explosive. So exciting to watch. He's probably uh, my favorite safety in the league right now. Yeah, uh, he has not slowed down from his first year, uh, and it, it it is incredible. You know, every time where I'm like, oh, my God, who allowed that deep pass or who allowed that broken tackle, I never see Javon hey, Holland. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's it's not him. You know, it, he's just um, – he's elite. He commands the, the field really well. You know, with – Matthew, um, it's not, he's been doing fine. I just think that he's, he's kind of nearing the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he did have an interception in London, uh, but who doesn't have an interception against Kirk Cousins? I think we each have three. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you can't put too much stock into that. He's been again; he's been fine there, but you know, he's he's nearing the end of his career. I I was debating Jamal Adams, but uh, to replace instead of him, once I saw that Matthew got the pick, um, but he's still young. Um, I I know he had the injury, but he's still young. He might he might turn it around. I I don't want to take him out yet. Uh, so yeah, uh, that that is my addition and subtraction. Yeah, I, I, it's also I think the superstar club, especially for safety, uh, much like running back, it's it's a young man superstar club. That you need to be explosive. You need to be making a lot of plays. Uh, safety that I will be watching possibly for next year. Uh, Tala Nanga Hufunga, Ooh, the yeah. safety for the Forty Niners. He is playing some ball, and I also really enjoyed watching him um, on tape. Uh, for last year's draft, he was not necessarily uh, a highly sought after safety, but uh, he played for, I, w- I want to say it was USC. It was either USC or Oregon. And I remember watching another player. It was either Thibodeau or um, Drake, uh, not Drake London, Drake 
Jackson uh, and him popping off in, in the film. So I definitely enjoyed him and I've been enjoying him this year. But yeah, Holland, easy slam dunk. All right. This will be my final apology to <laughs> Jalen Hurts because I will be putting Jalen Hurts into the Superstar Club. Um, I feel like, again, this is maybe a position that for the Superstar Club especially, I feel like we're always going to be a year late. I think we obviously we weren't doing the podcast two years ago, but Herbert should have been in the Super, Superstar Club as a rookie. Uh, Hertz probably should have gone in last year. Uh, he couldn't be more deserving of being in the Superstar Club after last year and what he's doing this year. Quarterback I'm taking out. Dak Prescott. I just can't with the availability. Oh, you know, two years ago, the huge injury last year, coming back from the injury and dealing with smaller injuries. And then this year we got another injury and it's not looking great. Can I submit another name instead? If you'd like. Um, this is actually what was going to be one of my outs. And that's Matthew Stafford. I, this was the other name that I was thinking about for instead of Dak, but go ahead. I think we give Dak a little bit more time in the club um, because of, you know, he, he just, I know he, we know he has a talent and um, I know he has, he's had another injury that's kept him out for weeks, but I would, I would like to give him one more shot basically of having a good stretch um, of, of play before taking him out. Matthew Stafford is not good right now um, from any sign of, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things where age can come up quick. Um, it seemed like it happened overnight with Big Ben. Uh, and, you know, with the injury that Matthew Stafford had surgery on over the offseason, it seems like it might have been worse than what we, uh, you know, were told. And it, when a player that old is getting surgery, like that it, it's harder to recover from and things like that Dak Prescott sure. is still younger Matthew Stafford is older and I, I think that we are seeing you know where Matthew Stafford's going to be um for the rest of his career and that is just not a superstar anymore um he was amazing most you know of course most of those years being in Detroit glad that he got a Super Bowl in Los Angeles and get leaving the loser franchise to do so, but you know it's one of those things where he he got there um, at the right time because now he's just uh, a shell of himself, and I think that he should be out instead of Dak. Yeah, it's probably a better choice. I was trying, you know, to be a little bit more uh, not hot takey, but a little bit more uh, go out on a limb here. Uh, I also feel like. The way that Cooper Rush has played, uh, he's not better than Dak. But the the way that he's played and the fact that they've won all these games, um, it definitely doesn't diminish Dak. But it definitely feels like you know they could they could win with Cooper Rush. They have been winning with Cooper Rush. Um, but I'm with you. We, Stafford might not even be in the league next year, so it's probably better to get him out of the Superstar Club now while we can still use him. So, Matthew Stafford, you gone, Jalen Hurts, 
welcome to the superstar club and i'm so sorry that i ever disparaged you in any way shape or form i'll never do it ever again okay so this is where i had a little bit of trouble because i was trying to think of different players i couldn't think of any more so i went to coaching <laughs> i thought about this one bill belichick out okay um the in is where I had a problem. I also I had basically I had two outs. I was just gonna get some space in the superstar club. I was gonna have Stafford and Belichick out. I was <laughs> thinking was, about coaches, by the way. So I, I'm I, I had a goal around the league, kind of, and for the ins, I have a bit of a bias because I think my boy Mike McDaniel <laughs> is it Mike McDaniel for because this is exact <laughs> the exact one I was thinking about. By the way, was Mike I, McDaniel in Bill Belichick out? I'm so impressed with. Everything he's got going on, every decision that he's making, um, the only hindrance is, of course, he's coached four games, yep. and so it's it's hard to put him in as a superstar. But then the problem is, what other head coach am I going to put in that isn't already in? Um, it, it gets a little tricky. Uh, I I do like what Nick Sirianni is doing in Philadelphia, of course. Mm-hmm. But beside that, there isn't really a coach that stands out to me. Sean McDermott. Um, but, uh, I mean, Sean McDermott's definitely a candidate. But I think, you know, I one like, of the... I, I guess I kind of consider him in already. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They've I mean... Been, they've been good for so many years. Yeah, I understand. Um, but you know, it's, it, I don't know what the, I don't know what the threshold is. Cause that's the problem, right? Sure. It's like, we're putting him in and they have to have a certain amount of games, right? That's my problem with Mike McDaniel, but they can't have so many games that they already were a superstar. Uh, and you know, I, so, you know, that's the problem with somebody. Like, I can't put Sean McVay in and, yeah. you know, for example, yeah. um, because he's already in there. So it, it's tough to, to think about, um, who else I could put in there that has like that limited amount of experience. Staley. Um, but no, I, I almost but thought yeah, about he's been taking having, him out. He's been having some issues this year. I, yeah. I'm so disappointed with Brandon Staley. I don't even talk about it. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I think part of the thing with Superstar Club and why James Robinson is a little bit of an issue for me is that personality, is that uh, being kind of like a having that uh, magnet kind of personality, having having something that people enjoy listening to and following and McDaniel's definitely that. So I think, you know, he's got everything going for him other than an extremely limited amount of games. And also man, their running game has not gotten started yet. And you would have thought that coming from the Shanahan tree, you'd see that a little bit more. Um, and they have not done that yet, but their adjustments in games, um, the the fact that they are a three and one team, uh, I'm I'm with you though. I this was definitely one that I was thinking about was McDaniel in and Belichick out was the exact one I was thinking about. Okay, well let's go ahead and do that and um, let's, let's you know just leave it be. You out, Bel- Belly? Yeah, Belichick. I I just I, I don't know. The, as the years go on, it seems to be more and more that it was Tom Brady. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Casey's Casino Corner. All right, all right, all right. I imagine I went three and zero last week. I do not remember my bets at all, but I don't think I went three and zero last week. Uh, no, I don't even remember them, even though I listened to the episode recently. So, let's go ahead and start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers 
They're visiting the Buffalo Bills. They are getting 14 points. It is the biggest deficit underdog amount that the Pittsburgh Steelers has received since like the 1960s. Uh, I imagine this being a game where Josh Allen is not scrambling and running and diving for first. They will take it easy, take it slow after a couple grueling games and win this by a score to a score and a half. Uh, and the Steelers will keep it within 7 and 10 points. Okay. I feel you on that one. I okay, can't should, disagree. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you usually tell me if you want to take it or not. Um, I'll take that. Um, thank you. The next one. The Jacksonville Jaguars are playing the Houston Texans. Did you know that? No. They tell me more. Favored, favored by seven points. Did you know that? I did. It's a must-win game. Let's go ahead and tease them down. You know? I think this is the first time the Jags ever been a part of a tease. Probably. I almost guarantee you that is the case. Um, So you got to find a team to tease them with. Uh, I liked everything I saw from the Kansas City Chiefs. Especially the pass. They are playing the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Give me Mahomes in in prime time. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so they are favored by seven and a half over the Raiders. Texans are favored by seven. Uh, sorry, the Jaguars are favored by seven over the Texans. Tease them down. Jags by one. Chiefs by one and a half. Six-point teaser. I will uh, take that bet every day. Last one. Cowboys, Rams over 43 and a half. little too much on the Rams offense this past week. I think the Rams bounce back big against the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys offense is very likely to put up multiple scores. And that Rams defense has not shown that it can stop much in the passing game. So I'd like the Cowboys Rams to go over 43 and a half. One of the things that I've learned on these over-unders is 40 points is not really that much. um, Especially in the NFL. So yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I will go with you on that one. The only thing I'm concerned about is Rams' offensive line, which I think is maybe the thing that's causing them the most problems currently. Not necessarily Stafford, but I do think he's found the end of his career. But I definitely think offensive line is a huge problem. Micah Parsons is an absolute brick shit house. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so my two bets. We're going with we're going with the Jags. Will the Jacksonville Jaguars score in every quarter regulation time? Yes, plus 65. No, minus 220. I'm going with the yes. Jags are going to score in every single quarter of this football game. I, I think that they might almost score every time they touch the football. Um, I just don't think that the Houston Texans are a very good football team. I think the Jags are a good football team. Um, and they are well coached. I think they get the ball and they can sc- score pretty easily and at will. I can imagine this game will be the quickest to halftime and the quickest to end of game. Both teams will be relying on the run game a lot. The problem with that is that there will not be a lot of time for both teams to be on the field to score. Um, so that is my only concern here is that 
the Jags will be running it so much, the Texans will be running it so much that they will literally not have enough time in like the first and third quarters to score. Um, and potentially if they have a big league in the fourth, they also might not score. Um, I like what you're, I like what you're saying. I do think that they are going to score a lot of points against the Texans. Um, so I still would lean towards a yes, but I do have a concern there on the way the game was going to flow in my mind. Okay. Here's my under special for the week. Yeah. Tennessee Titans, Washington commanders. The line is 43 points. Uh, the commanders suck. The Titans are a run-first team uh, that shortens games uh, under on this bad boy. Yeah, Burks is out as well. I think that that is a uh, that is a good bet. I know the Texans. Sorry, the Titans put up twenty-four this past week. Uh, however, the Colts' defense um, apparently not great. With uh, no. so, um, I, I I kind of agree with that. I do have some concerns about the Commanders' defense, um, but. I do actually like the commanders in this game even. Um, and so uh, with that being said, I do like the under as well. All right. You got anything else you want to say? Uh, no, just, you know, I'm just a good healthy day, uh, please, for both of our teams please. on Sunday. That's that's all any of us can ask for. And hopefully um, not some sort of report that comes out that it was all Mike McDaniel's fault. <laughs> Two of us are back in there with a concussion. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we will be back next week. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for us if you be so kind. You can find and follow us at Surf and Artificial Turf, all one word on Twitter. You can email us at the same thing, surfandartificialturf at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next week on the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast.